What's the most startup-friendly state in the entire U.S.? Today, we talk to the CEO of a public-private partnership with entrepreneur centers in seven regions across the state to learn how one Southern state is innovating during the pandemic and beyond. Welcome to the Powder Keg Podcast, the show that plugs you into the massive opportunities in startups and tech hubs beyond Silicon Valley that are exploding with potential. I'm your host, Matt Hunkler, and today we have an exciting episode lined up for you uh, with this conversation that we recorded recently with Van Tucker, Chief Executive Officer at Launch Tennessee. Launch Tennessee creates collaboration among entrepreneurs, the private sector, capital sources, institutions, and the government to offer entrepreneurs what they need to succeed and stay in Tennessee to build companies and create jobs. We're going to dive into some really interesting startup topics uh, and stories with exciting things happening in Tennessee uh, tech and just across the entire state there with Van's journey and in the world of startups and innovation. As the CEO of Launch Tennessee, Van Tucker supports the mission and vision of making Tennessee the best state in the nation for startups by empowering a network of resources across the state. Before joining Launch Tennessee in early 2020, Tucker served as founding CEO of the Nashville Fashion Alliance, a trade organization that raised international awareness for the industry's $6 billion economic impact there in Tennessee uh, and Nashville specifically. Prior to that, Van was a co-founder of Avenue Bank as chief creative officer, and she was responsible for award-winning brand development there. Uh, from this interview, you'll be able to tell Van is extremely creative, and she was very quick to help startups and scaling tech companies respond to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, this is something that a lot of interesting stories, a lot of things to be learned from Van's leadership, but also the entrepreneurs and other tech leaders mentioned in this episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Let's get right into it. Van, thank you so much for being here on the show today. It's good to have you. I'm thrilled to be here with you, Matt. Thanks. I know you've got a lot going on right now at Launch Tennessee, gearing up for your first fully virtual 3686. Um, and I know huge shifts happening throughout the state of Tennessee. Um, so I, I, I want to say just thanks for taking the time. Oh, well, of course. And we have so much in common. Uh, you know, we're definitely interested in raising the profile of entrepreneurs and innovators outside the coast and uh, recognize that your leadership in that area and our leadership have a lot of synergies. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I um, I know you stepped in as CEO back in January, and this has been quite the year to step into a CEO role at an organization, especially one as far reaching as Launch Tennessee. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you're seeing on the ground now throughout the state of Tennessee in, in the tech and innovation sectors? Sure. Um, um, well, it's just, it's a new world, right? It's a new world for everyone. Um, but I believe that this is the time for entrepreneurs and innovators to step up and shine. And in many ways, we're seeing that happen. Um, it's been a difficult uh, environment to raise capital. If you didn't already have venture capital, if you weren't already in a portfolio, that's probably been a little difficult and, and much more difficult outside of the coast. Um, you know, we already had a challenge with that to sure. begin with, but 
Um, I think that's that's become a little more of a challenge in some ways, but in other ways, we're now especially we're beginning to see um, folks in those markets take a look outside of the traditional markets and say, "Wow, maybe this is a good time for me to for me to take a look." So we're pretty excited about that. Um, we've seen some some companies that. Um, have really taken advantage of this environment. Uh, their product uh, was well suited for it, uh, like uh, Shawnee Dowell at Possip and her app that connects teachers and parents uh, in the school setting. I mean, you can imagine what's happened there. Um, and and we're very proud of her. She's the first black woman in the state of Tennessee to raise over a million dollars, and we're very proud to have been. Um, played a part in that. Um, you know, there have been others that haven't been able to make the pivot and uh, and find their path. And But that's entrepreneurship, right? I mean, that's how innovation works. You know, you, you try, you fail, you try, you fail, you keep trying, you keep failing until you get it right. It, that's, what last- I, that's what I love about it. I think you you just described the uh, entrepreneurial journey for just about every startup yeah, I've ever that's right. encountered. That's, yeah, I mean that's how it works. Um, are there any sort of patterns that you've seen in the companies in the state of Tennessee that have been able to make the pivot or make the adjustments necessary to adapt to this new world? Yeah, and and it's and there's no um, there's no playbook, so there's no set pattern. For example, we've seen. Uh, in life sciences, for example, we've seen a lot of um, our research at our research institutions, places like Vanderbilt, in the University of Memphis, the University of Tennessee, Tennessee Tech, um, and particularly in the life sciences area. Uh, I feel pretty confident that there'll be a Tennessee fingerprint on a vaccine. Um, and so so there's been, you know, definitely there's been a lot of activity in that area and there's still so much unknown. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how that progresses. Um, you know, I think um, uh, the energy sector is also really big in Tennessee with TVA and Oak Ridge National Labs and uh, UT's Research Foundation. Uh, there's been a lot of interest in alternative energy sources and how we can, I, I think there's just been a raised awareness in general of um, of things like climate change and how we can be uh, more efficient in general. Uh, and energy is certainly a place. Uh, advanced manufacturing, you know, we've seen uh, some great pivots there. Nissan motor manufacturing pivoted from making cars to making face shields like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's exciting to be able to see um, all the different ways that people can get creative. I'm all about creativity in business, all about it. And, and, you know, I think a lot of times when people hear the word creativity, they're thinking about marketing or they're thinking about, um, you know, they're thinking about, not even having anything to do with business. They're thinking about art or they're thinking about music and especially in Tennessee, they may be thinking about music, <laughs> but you know, creativity is really a mindset. It's about asking questions, not being afraid to ask questions. It's about being able to look at things differently. It's about being able to, to really make those uh, connections 
and understand how everything fits together so that you can redo the puzzle when you need to. To me, that's creativity. Are there any particular questions that you like to ask uh, when you're in those moments when you're trying to tap into a little bit of creativity or any rules that you follow in terms of how you ask questions and kind of uncover the next question? Well, isn't that the great thing about creativity? No, there's no <laughs> there's no process. And I think that's different um, for different circumstances. You know, if you're if you're in the restaurant business, your business fundamentals are a little bit different than if you're in the car manufacturing business. And, you know, but I think, I think, you know, there are fundamental questions around finance, around marketing, around human resource management. You know, we've all gone to work from home. You know, it's the questions around culture and how do I continue to build my culture, keep my culture alive. Uh, while my employees are scattered all over the place. You know, those are, those are all uh, fundamental questions that you can ask. But I think those that find this environment most exciting um, are not afraid to ask some hard questions too. Like, why aren't we doing this differently? Or it, maybe it's not broken, but can we do it better? You know, I think those, this is the time you can be asking those questions. Well, I, I'm really glad that you mentioned a couple of times this, this shift to remote. And I think um, folks like us are really paying attention to that because we're here in the middle of the country. We already were doing a lot of business mm -hmm. on Zoom, on the phone, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes at, at larger gatherings and conferences like 3686, where everyone would come together in one place or on tours like Rise of the Rest, where we're actually going and meeting physically. Mm -hmm. um, but but this shift to remote work is a, is a trend that seems like it's becoming a, a part of a greater tech expansion from places like the Bay Area, Seattle, mm -hmm. New York, Boston, to regions that uh, attract the most venture capital funding. You know, or those are the regions that attract the most venture capital funding to areas like the Midwest and the South mm -hmm. that, um, although maybe historically have not gotten the majority of the funds, it is where even before COVID-19, venture mm -hmm. capital investment was accelerating the fastest. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, I think uh, I have a couple of thoughts around that. First of all, um, I think many companies have been forced into the realization, you know, it's not any easier to work from home now than it was a year ago. <laughs> right. I mean, it was, it was this easy a year ago. We yep. just chose not to do it. And I will have to tell you, I'm an extrovert. So I draw my energy from being around people and I miss it. I really do. I miss it. However, I also have to recognize as a leader, our team has been much more productive, much more engaged working from home. And, and I acknowledge that. Um, so, and, and I'm sure there are other companies that are coming to grips with that too. And so I think it remains to be seen what the long-term implication is because people have very short memories. And when we have a vaccine, people will go back to the office. I'm fairly sure of that. It may, will not, I started to say may not, I believe it will not look the same as it has always looked. And I think many companies are coming to that realization that they can be more productive that they can contain their costs more effectively by working from home. 
but that doesn't work for everyone. And, uh, and we need to recognize that, but I do think there's been a fundamental shift and, uh, and, and it remains to be seen what the, what the, you know, the long-term implication of that is. You mentioned that, you know, startups that maybe aren't already part of a portfolio, Mm-hmm. Um, have, have certainly struggled, um, not just in Tennessee, but we're seeing that across powder keg economies mm-hmm. in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bay Area companies and New York City companies are seeing that. They're all struggling. Yep. I mean, uh, uh, you know, there's not an industry. There's not a company. There's big, small, in-between, profit, nonprofit. There's not an entity that has not had to change some aspect of their business. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how much goes back to quote normal, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't think anyone knows what normal is going to look like. And even if it's going to be normal anytime soon, we'll see. I do think though, one thing that will be the result of this is we have the opportunity to, um, show that you don't have to be on the coast. Uh, or in those major cities to have an impact. And in fact, there are advantages where you can have a greater impact. For example, it's much less expensive to live here than it is in New York, Boston, or or Silicon Valley. Much less expensive. Um, and we have the talent. You know, we have we have the talent to be able to staff a lot of those companies. We have all the tools that they have. Um, so, so I think people will realize that being in that proximity, um, certainly has its advantages, but the, uh, advantages are not, um, as great as I think they once thought they were. And I think we have an opportunity to, uh, to change some of that. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I, I think winners will definitely emerge from today's shocks. Um, you already mentioned a couple of uh, examples of companies that are thriving um, in Tennessee and, and across the state. I think one of the things that's really interesting about Launch Tennessee, you know, we, we work in a lot of different states, um, but I haven't seen another uh, state organization quite like Launch Tennessee with, with actual offices or, or at least uh, entrepreneurship centers in seven different cities across the state. You know, um, we wanted to do a tech census in Nashville to gather more data and insights into the tech community there in Nashville. And uh, you all at Launch Tennessee said, sure, but you're also going to do it for the rest of the state, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome. No, no one else in any other city had had said that. And so I, we got a lot more interesting data and insights. And uh, as a result, I think your each individual city thrives because it's connected as part mm-hmm. of a broader collective. Have you seen any of that come through as you've responded to uh, COVID-19 and some of the, the other big shifts that we've seen the last couple months? Matt, you're turning out to be one of my best marketing tools. I appreciate <laughs> that. I mean, we, we are empowering an ecosystem. You know, those, those, we have seven entrepreneur centers across the state. We have three statewide mentor networks that really are industry verticals. We're adding two more of those this year. So life sciences, uh, veteran entrepreneurs, uh, advanced energy, and we're going to add ag and automotive tech um, this year. 
Um, so those are statewide initiatives. They're not city specific. Uh, they provide resources and mentor um, access to startups in those industry verticals. And they that's proven to be a huge success. Um, the seven entrepreneur centers across the state, uh, while we fund them, we do not direct their work when we don't provide all their funding. Uh, we just provide some of their funding. Uh, and each one of those cities is unique. Um, they're unique in their ethos and their culture. They're unique in um, their expertise. You have healthcare and music and entertainment in Nashville. You have consumer packaging um, and distribution in Chattanooga. You have uh, advanced energy in Knoxville. I mean, you know, everybody has their own specialty. And the great thing about that statewide network is they also rely on each other. So if someone walks into Knoxville and says, hey, I have a great idea for an entertainment company, um, then they can pick up the phone and they can call the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and say, help you know, help this person. And they do. And they all uh, collaborate together. And and that's interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, if you're an entrepreneur looking for a place to start a company, it's very comforting to know that there's an organization in place that's coordinating these resources on a statewide basis. If you're an investor, that saves you time and money. Because you don't have to call and do the research on seven different cities or 15 different um, industry verticals. You can come to one place and get that information. And that's what I think makes Launch Tennessee and, frankly, the state of Tennessee. I think that's what makes the state of Tennessee really interesting from an investor and an entrepreneur um, perspective. We're unique in our ability to make those connections for investors. And we can facilitate curated conversations, which saves some time and money. I love it. Well, and that definitely came through in the tech census data. Yeah, you know, exactly what you said. Each of those various uh, tech hubs and metros is very different and mm-hmm. is unique in its own way. But a shared core value of all of those cities was collaboration. Yeah, um, without question. You know, and you can look at uh, the work that's going on at Oak Ridge National Labs and uh, UT's research facility, what's going on at the University of Memphis. Um, from a tech perspective, uh, I would place our entrepreneurs, researchers, and the innovators up against anybody's. They're all doing incredible work. And you, you had asked the question about what you thought um, the impact of, of, of some of our work might have on our current environment with COVID. Um, you know, and they're, they're the obvious life science um, 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 issues. Uh, Vanderbilt, for example, has licensed one of their um, antibodies to AstraZeneca, who's one of the front runners with uh, a vaccine. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but there's also some really amazing work that's going on at Tennessee Tech and Cookville and at the University of Memphis, um, or University of Tennessee in Memphis. So, um, so, you know, I think, um, but I think there are also some other things going on, like companies trying to understand how they can pivot to address the PPE issue or the testing swab issue, you know, I mean, we, we have a lot of companies that are 
looking at this from a solution perspective and not wallowing in their problem. Well, and that's what I love about that entrepreneurial spirit that's kind of woven throughout the organization, throughout the state. Um, and it, it's it's even in the the talent that's there in Tennessee. One of the mm-hmm. one of the stats I remember from uh, the tech census in Tennessee is that eighty percent of the tech workforce that we surveyed, and we we surveyed hundreds of people working at uh, tech companies in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, more than eighty percent of those employees came from a university outside of the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then found their way to Tennessee to find jobs. Are you seeing more people continue to come into Tennessee now, kind of post-COVID? Um, what's what's kind of that talent pipeline looked like the last couple of months? Well, that's that's interesting because um, we'll go back to remote working. I think yeah. many um, many in the tech industry are learning their their employers are learning that it's okay for them to not be. Um, in those cities that they can do their work remotely. And I think a lot of those workers are looking for places um, that are better suit their lifestyle. And when you look uh, at a place like Tennessee with all of our lovely parks and rivers and waterfalls and kayaking, all the outdoor activities. And then our arts community is amazing. Um, we have the second most vibrant arts community in the country. Um, so from music to performing arts to fashion to um, uh, clubs, you know, we, we have an amazing cultural um, community and it's a great place to live. It's a great place to raise your kids. Well, and you've got an incredible um, food scene there too. Um, one of your, one of our, our original leaders for Powder Keg in Tennessee um, worked for, I think it was called Edible Nashville. Hmm. Um, and, Magazine. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I always love trying new spots when I come down to Nashville and, and Memphis barbecue. Oh my gosh. Um, that, that is something you won't forget after you have that. Uh, how have some of the small businesses pivoted and adjusted um, during these these massive economic shifts? Well, you know, we've seen a, a real uptick in um, our farming community, and particularly our small organic farms. People wow. want to eat better. Yeah, um, <laughs> they have. They feel like they have the time to cook more. So I think many oh. of our smaller businesses that are maybe. Uh, meat or poultry providers, uh, more organic uh, or free range products. Um, certainly the small farms like Bloomsbury Farm, Rose Creek Farms in West Tennessee, they've seen a big uptick, I think. So from a culinary perspective, I think um, people are starting to look more for local, um, local produce, local, locally produced meat, et cetera. Um, so I think that's that's one that you don't really think about. Um, you know, I think there our fashion community has stepped up dramatically on producing masks. Uh, we have a commercial sewing training academy in Nashville that, you know, a week into COVID started producing masks at an incredible rate. Um you know, so I think I think many small businesses are just trying to find a way to survive, and um, you know, it's tough. It's a tough environment, and especially when 
we already know pre-pandemic that 50% of small businesses go out of business the first year. So, you know, that's been even tougher. And even with the Paycheck Protection Program, many of those businesses would not have lasted the year anyway. Right. They, they, I mean, we know, statistically, we know that that's the truth. Um, and so um, that makes uh, organizations that we work with even more important to to really help people think through their business idea. They have a, a better survival rate uh, or they they get in and get out quick. You know, they decide, nope, this is not for me. So, you know, I think that makes an organization like ours and our network partners even more important in this environment is helping people understand what they can do to address the crisis or how they can better manage their business through the crisis. Well, I'm really glad that uh, Launch Tennessee is there to help support a lot of that shift and has mentors and networks that can kind of help with a lot of that pivoting. Um, and, and in addition to the big economic shifts, we're definitely seeing a lot of societal shifts too. Um, mm-hmm. And you think about some of those big societal issues like Black Lives Matter that has become more prevalent in the news uh, lately, um, which I think is positive change for the tech and innovation industries. Um, we've talked about it on a number of episodes of the podcast here. And we've certainly had some amazing members of your Black entrepreneur community, Marcus Cobb uh, from Jamber. Uh, Daniel Opong was one of our first uh, leaders of Powder Keg in in mm-hmm. Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. We've done some things with Marcus Whitney in the past. I know he just came out with a great new book. Oh Fingers, my gosh! Uh, Have you had him on to talk about his new not, book? Not yet. I really, oh. I really am trying to get him on the show. I think, I think we're gonna hopefully make that happen. But I know he's Such been on a, a heavy rotation of uh, podcast tours lately. I'm such a fan. So um, we bought. Uh, copies of Marcus's book to put in the libraries of all of our entrepreneur centers and enough for them to give away to entrepreneurs as well. I've known Marcus for years. He's brilliant. This book is brilliant. It's timely. Uh, It is needed exactly at this moment. Um, And, um, you know, I think uh, it's it's been an interesting time for Black Lives Matter and the social injustice you know, I think I think in many ways people are just tired of things that don't work anymore, and they're tired of of not saying something, and and frankly, not doing something. You know, we have have for several years had initiatives to support uh, and lift up uh, on what we call underrepresented founders in the entrepreneur community. So whether that is um, you know, black or brown skinned, whether that's female, whether that's rural entrepreneurs, finding resources for underrepresented entrepreneurs has been a pillar of our work for several years. And so we've only been able to really heighten the awareness of the impact of that work. And, um, and I'm really proud of the work that we've done in that area and uh, really proud of of the fact that um, our staff keeps that top of mind. You know, we have a very small um, fund where we can invest in uh, Tennessee-based businesses. And a major tenant of that fund is for underrepresented uh, minorities. So 
um, we spend a great deal of time putting our money where our mouth is, so to speak, investing in those, in those businesses, planting seeds. Yeah, that's right. Um, what are some of the things, what are some of the other things that have worked, um, to kind of help create more awareness there or support, um, those kinds of entrepreneurs or even tech workers? Um, or what are some of the opportunities that you see still ahead of us? Mm-hmm. to create more of that opportunity and create a more equitable environment for everybody. Well, you know, venture capital is tough no matter what color your skin or what race you, well, you know, what what uh, gender you are. Um, but um, we've got to do a better job with venture capital. And that's, that's definite, uh, definite. We've got to do, we've got to be more creative with ways um, to find investment in minority-owned businesses. And we have a lot of success stories. I also think we need to do a better job of encouraging tech talent to be developed um, with minority representation. Uh, and I think that that it will be um, very empowering for our state to be able to leverage some resources there. You know, I think it's like anything else in the entrepreneur world. Uh, What you focus on, what you measure, what you pay attention to happens. Uh, And I'm really proud to say that every day, all the members of the Launch Tennessee staff, our network partners, uh, we're paying attention. We're paying attention to that. And we're seriously trying to focus our creative thinking on how we can be better. That's awesome. It's, it's great to hear that you're measuring those things. Um, cause I, I always think of the, I think it's the Peter Drucker saying what gets measured gets managed. Um, and certainly something that, uh, needs focus nationwide. So it's awesome to hear that launch Tennessee is focusing on that in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, I, I clearly believe that. And, you know, going back to Marcus, you know, I mean, Marcus is, um, He's no legacy heir to a great fortune. You know, Marcus's story is he came to Nashville as a waiter um, and taught himself to code. And he's lifted himself up to be one of the uh, most engaged healthcare investors in the ecosystem. And that's why I think his book is so relevant. It doesn't matter from where you start. Um, you put the work in and you can get there. And we're excited to support um, people who are willing to put the work in. That's awesome. Well, speaking of putting the work in, I know Launch Tennessee has spent a lot of time figuring out how to pivot. It's a very well-known event, 3686, just an awesome tech summit. I've had the privilege of speaking there a number of years, both as a panelist, as a speaker, um, but also as an MC for the Oak Ridge pitch competition. Um, so I've gotten to see a lot of cool innovation throughout the state of Tennessee just through coming to those events alone. Um, I'm bummed that it, it, you know, in some ways I'm bummed that it can't be in person this year. I, I feel that way about everything. I'm an extrovert oh too, Oh my right? gosh, can, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I can't, I can't handle it. My, my first year as CEO and it's going to be a virtual conference. I mean, it's, But I but I do have to say our team has done an amazing job of putting together something that is not just another Zoom conference. I mean, much of our our content is very engaging. 
some of it has been pre-recorded, so it's color corrected and it's exciting. And, um, you know, I think we've, we've also tried to be really conscious of the fact I can't sit in front of a computer screen for eight hours. I can't do it. It would just drive me nuts. <laughs> so we have, we have staggered the segments into 30 minute seg- segments with 15 minute breaks in between. And we're having a morning session and an afternoon session. So I hope that will help um, alleviate some of the fatigue that people might feel. Um, we have five tracks, um, healthcare, entertainment and digital media, build, scale, and culture. Um, each track has two days. Culture will be each Friday. So the first week uh, and the second week. And that's all over the place. It's from looking at our arts community to the culture of, of building a company and how you can do that better. Um, so uh, they've done a really great job of making uh, 3686 really engaging. But what we're really known for, what, 30, what I think is the secret sauce to 3686 is the professional intimacy of the event. And we have thought long and hard about how we would recreate that online. And I think we have some really great solutions. We're using um, a platform called Visibo. Um, and there's a great online networking um, opportunity there that I hope people will give, give a shot, give it a try. I tried it yesterday. I was so skeptical. Extrovert, remember? Extrovert. <laughs> I was so skeptical. And it's it's really pretty amazing. Um, and then for investors and entrepreneurs that want to connect, we're using Brella, which is the AI-driven uh, platform that's used by Disrupt uh, and Collision and some of the bigger. We we really sunk some investment there so that we could have a first-class experience for entrepreneurs and investors to be able to connect. Well, I'm I'm really so, excited about it, and it I know you've put a lot of work into it. It's been fun working with your team uh, to get things ready to host the build track, which I'll be doing um, August 17th through the 28th is the duration of 3686 mm-hmm. this year. Probably the most global 3686 ever, I'm sure, just because anyone from anywhere can attend. Um, and if people want, and to we register- have we have we have a lot of people from all over the world. You yeah. have already registered. So our 3686 global message is getting out there. That's awesome. I mean, I think that's the upside of virtual, right? If you're in France, you can sign on. It's it's something we've certainly seen here at Powder Keg. Um, you know, we were running monthly events, mostly in the Midwest, just because that's close for us or, mm-hmm. or middle of the country there in Nashville. We've done some events there. Um, and, you know, you usually find people that are half day's drive from mm-hmm. that um coming to it and maybe some investors from the coasts that want to be in that place where things are happening um but as we've shifted to the virtual events we have certainly seen an uptick in global attendance and people from the coasts people from canada people from europe um Mm -hmm. coming in plugging into amazing tech companies that are growing right here in the middle of the country in areas outside of silicon valley new york and massachusetts so i i imagine you'll see that at a similar scale for, for launch Tennessee. And if people want to sign up for that, which I highly encourage, even if they're just going to attend part of it, um, at launch TN.org. Is that right? 
That's right. Or at 103686.com. Either one gets you there. You know, it, it's um, the ticket is very inexpensive, uh, even if you choose the the Brella option, the networking enhanced option. I think it's still sixty dollars, um, and that price is going to go up August first, I think. So, um, you know, it's it's very reasonably priced. You don't risk a whole lot, um, and um, you know, I think our real goal here is um, for this to be an opportunity for people to really see firsthand what is going on in Tennessee, what is so special about Tennessee, and that when we are able to convene in person again, uh, they'll think more seriously about making that trip um, to convene with us, and uh, because we're a lot of fun here. Absolutely. As as soon We're as it's back in person, I am I am there 100. Yeah, percent It's uh, a lot of fun, and I'm I'm super super happy that the show is going on this year. You're continuing the momentum. Um, I, I just want to say thank you for everything that you do in the state of Tennessee to help create a better connected tech ecosystem. I know this year has not been easy for anybody, um, and certainly not for uh, a new new position as CEO. So. Um, it really seems like you've you've been navigating things really well there. Um, and thanks for oh, you're you're very kind, but we are, um, you know, like everybody else, we're just trying to do the best we can. And I appreciate all the work that you do, Matt, trying to wet raise awareness that there are entrepreneurs worthy outside of the coast. So thank you for that work. And thanks for spending time with me today. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And uh, looking forward to seeing you. Uh, on the the different networking apps for thirty six eighty six. I know it'll be fun. I, you make it fun, Matt. That's what I'll tell you. Make you're an MC. Make it fun. Oh yeah, you know it. I I uh, I've got my thirty six eighty six t shirt at the ready. Oh, you got your uh, speaker package. Yeah, that's awesome. Those actually, this packages is, are. This is actually from. I think last year or the year before when there were screen printed tees. So this is a vintage item. Oh, oh, you're going to pull out your vintage stuff. Well, it's likely that you're going to get in the mail in the next few days, this year's version. Okay, cool. Well, I might have to throw that on too. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you too, Van. This has been awesome. That's uh, it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Also, huge thanks to my guest, Van Tucker. Uh, make sure you check out Van and all the amazing work she's doing with her team at Launch Tennessee. Uh, you can find that at launchtn.org. You can also find out all about 3686 and the awesome lineup that they have prepared there for what's going to be an amazing virtual conference. So make sure you check that out at launchtn.org. And for links to social profiles for Van, uh, 3686, LaunchTN, all of these great uh, people and organizations and the other companies and resources that were mentioned in this episode, head on over to powderkeg.com and make sure you check out the show notes while you're there. And if you're looking to hear even more interesting stories, conversations, and opportunities to connect directly with top tier founders, leaders, and innovators, make sure you give us a subscribe on iTunes at powderkeg.com slash iTunes. That's P-O-W-D-E-R-K-E-G dot com slash iTunes. And thank you to everyone who has already left us a review on iTunes. That is super helpful for us to reach other people with the awesome stories that you hear right here on the podcast. Thank you again for joining me today. And we'll catch you next time on the Powder Keg Podcast. Thank you.